Hi there, I'm Jenny. And I'm Dan. You know what, I like screamed hi there. That's okay. Hi there, (laughs) I'm Jenny. I'm Dan. And this is... Rookie Movie Reviews. That's right, we finally have a name. This is the first recording? This is the first recording with an official name. Can I plug our website? Yeah. It might not be up yet. Nah, it'll be up. Uh, RookieMovieReviews.com, all one word. Yes, plural. Yes, because we're going to review more than one movie, I hope. Mm-hmm. We already have. That's a good point. Perfect. So uh, right now we're watching the top 100 movies of all time. And today we watched a German movie called The Lives of Others. Jenny, what did you think of The Lives of Others? I got to say, this movie is probably one of the best 100 movies of all time. It was really good. The thing with this movie is that this is the first one that we've watched where it feels like a classic old... It's, it's not old. It's 2006. But every movie we've watched we have seen before except for American History X. So we've been very familiar with all the stuff we've watched, I feel like. Well, we didn't watch Parasite before. True. But that's like contem. I don't know. I don't know con- what I'm saying. It is contemporary. You're it's, right. it's foreign. I've never heard of it before. It's been completely off my radar until this, and it's the first one like that. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. Yeah, but I liked it a lot. Um, to jump right into it, the first thing that starts us off is a title card intro, and I wrote that there were title cards, but I do not recall what they were at all, and I wonder. I wonder if it would be valid to double check. It probably would be, but if my recollection serves me, it's just introducing the communist um, German Democratic Republic. I think that's what it is, the GDR. Oh, okay. So the communist party that ruled Germany after World War II. Got it. Okay. Until 1989 in the fall of the Berlin Wall. It also talked about the German version of the secret police, the Stasi. Stasi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Thank you for remembering that and paying attention during the opening. Um, to be fair, I'm only pretty sure. Gospel. <laughs> it's gospel. Uh, so the, the opening scene is this interrogation from our main, one of our main characters, who I only realized near the end is named Weisler. Weisler. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's the captain uh, the interrogation scene was pretty cool um, to to start off because there were a couple jumps where he's interrogating. He's actually teaching a class, reviewing the interrogation. There's a they play with time where it jumps forward to the evening. Yeah, it does a good job of setting him up as this total hard ass. Truly, yeah. Um, what was that? What happened with the the one student? He made a comment about how it can't be that trustworthy or something like that and then he made the little x next to their name oh uh yeah he said it was inhumane oh yeah yeah um and then he gets the x and as soon as that happens we're like oh (laughs) he's a bit rude i thought a lot of people were gonna die in this movie yeah but by his hands Mm -hmm. the captain yes and i thought that the captain was a nickname but i think he was Military rank captain. Yes, I agree. Well, 
I don't know how the Communist Party works entirely, but yeah, it, it's similar to the military. Because it's a military state, typically, when it's a Communist Party. Yeah. True. Um, there is the little plant of a callback. I don't think that this movie, because something that we were so hype on Par- Parasite was all the callbacks and everything. Mm-hmm. This movie has some callbacks, but it's not throughout the whole movie, and one of two that I could think of off the top of my head is this odor uh, catcher on the chair during the interrogation. That came up three times. Three times? Yeah, because he didn't... mm, He didn't make Krista put her hands on the odor catcher. So he was not as good as an interrogation officer. Oh, yeah. And then he didn't have an odor catcher for Weissler. And that could be... I guess that could be a misstep or a you're not in that much trouble. Got it. That's way far ahead. Can we cut yeah. that out? Okay. Yeah, we can cut that out. Or leave it. I Who listens to these? <laughs> well, uh, we don't have to be completely beholden to plotline, I, mean, I don't think, as long as we stick with it and say our points. Uh, I guess a heads up, a heads down, is that there are going to be a lot of spoilers in these things. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the movie, we're going to talk about the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing, front to back, and all of our thoughts. It's a review, a spoiler, spoiler-rich review. Um, but uh, we kind of jump. I don't really have anything else to add on to the interrogation scene. The thing that I really liked about the following sequence was, you know, we we meet the culture guy, and uh, I forget his name, Grubzek. Oh, the blonde. Yeah, oh, like God, the antagonist. <laughs> He's the bad guy, the, the the enemy. You mean the name of the guy who was in the whole movie and it was said multiple times? Yeah. Neither but, of us can recall. <laughs> but they're all Russian. Uh, oh, yeah. Because of all this, like, secret police stuff and information. The I was, Yeah, I was thinking of Germans uh, or Russians oh, the whole time. Oh, God. The Gestapo is German. Yes, Nazi Right? Yeah. yeah. Nazi German. God, what are the Russian ones? What are the Russians? The Stasi. No, the Russian ones. Oh, um... Uh, well, not the Spetsnaz, because that's a military... <sighs> Russian secret police. Um, <clears throat> Putin's favored. But uh, th- you called out a couple things uh, with the way the movie was shot, and one thing that stands out: we meet the culture guy. They're watching the play of a different main character, Dryman. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down right away. Dryman, I... yes, <laughs> <laughs> and it was fruitful because he was in the whole movie. <laughs> 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 Which is a I like that part of the movie. I would review that positively. <sighs> so. Um, I thought it was cool how they kind of played with perspective in this part. Like, because at this point it's clear that it's about information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the main thing of the movie is uh, misinforming or who has all the cards and so on. And in this one, we kind of see this nutty setup where, you know, um, Weisler, Weisler is up in the balcony spying on everybody at the play. You know, they go to enjoy the play, but it's all a... Machination, and you see things from his point of view, and you see things from the cultural guy's point of view looking up at the end, and there's a lot of interesting dynamics. He's kind of taking a bird's eye view of the whole thing, which shows him as, like the interrogation scene, 
in control, super powerful, has, okay. all the, has all the knowledge, right? Yeah, so that one that one video where they talked about rent. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a real deep cut. <laughs> that, do you remember the reviewer for anyone who listens? Who's like, folding ideas. Okay, so the folding ideas video about rent where it calls out where um, Roger is singing to Mimi. Mimi is talking about let's go get high on meth and she's like in the light and in the upper position yeah and then roger's like in the dark so traditional movie uh directoring <laughs> you you would, <laughs> you would kind of flop those but i guess in that in that bohemian sense it might make sense uh I said sense twice that's okay Anyway, <laughs> that's what I thought of when Wessler, Weisler, Weisler was in the balcony looking down. Because I was like, is this higher seating an indicator of higher position? And it ended up being that he was morally in the right, I yeah. think. So that was a really good, like film school 101, good. Yeah. But we talked about that no, I agree 100%. It seemed like a really purposeful scene, in all, all in all. And... You know, I I felt all high and mighty for noticing perspective. And, and <laughs> I know, now... that's really good. Um, while we were, while you were talking, I let my mind wander, and it's the KGB. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for closing the loop. <sighs> the KGB. Um, yeah, so... <sighs> the play... I wish I knew what the name of the play was because it ends up being a little significant. I'm sure there's a microcosm of a story if you have the background of the play, if it even is a real one, because mm-hmm. they do show the scene twice. Yeah, and it's like different versions and all. Yeah. And we can cover that in more detail, but yeah, I forget. I don't know the name of the play. I don't even know if this is real. You know, like, is this a realistic fiction? Oh, is, is... it based on a true story? Yeah. I mean, it is realistic fiction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the whole genre. Because <laughs> it takes place in reality and there's no fairies. So it is realistic. Perfect. <laughs> Not fantasy fiction. If but... only communists were a fairy tale. <laughs> right. Rather be dead than red. Um, uh, the content of the play feels pretty important to me too. Because at this point in the movie I was kind of watching everything with the lens of secret police info. And the play is about oh. this woman who uh, curses her precognition abilities. Like, she has a vision of a death and, you know, it, it takes a toll on her. And she sees everything when she doesn't want to and all the burden of that. And then the whole movie is about Weisler accepting the burden of, you know, doing the right thing with the information. So another, I guess there are a lot of callbacks in this movie. It's like, it's like Parasite 2. You know, all sorts of all sorts of plants. But Weissler's a good parasite. Yes. Like, um Oh man. I can't think today, but when there's a symbiotic relationship between small fish and whales. Yeah. That has a real name. Not um, symbiosis. It is I think I think it is symbiosis. I it's mean like I think there's beneficial... a different word for that kind of parasite. Suckerfish. Uh, yeah, they're 
Weissler's a little bird who eats bugs out of hippo teeth. <laughs> he looks very bird-like in the movie. I thought he looked like Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Me too. Great I minds. also thought the blonde guy looked like Carrie Yules. Yeah. I kept I kept expecting to see somebody I'd recognize because also Draymond looked a little like a mix between George Clooney and the guy from Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, um... And Creep. Yes. Forget that guy's name. We're, this is a great movie podcast. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a lot of movies. Uh, it's a lot of content <laughs> for one podcast. It's like they don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> Do they write this script before they come in? Not this time. <laughs> um, the... To, to chug us along on the plot. So we just see the play... And we're kind of introduced to the concept that um, the the main plot, plot A, is that uh, Weisler is... Oh, it's oh, Grubitz. Grubitz. Oh, he's the culture guy. Grubitz. Yeah, the blonde. Okay. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, Can well, you he's going to come up a lot, so it's good to know. Um, I was just... <laughs> to, to, to force again a chug-along. Oh, no. <laughs> the, plot. Um, the plot A of the movie is that uh, Weisler is in charge of watching Draymond... For subversive anti-state mm-hmm. text. Because he's, I think Grubitz, it's a good thing we knew his name, Grubitz. Grubitz is the only, uh, he says, oh, he's the only guy who's pro-state. The only writer that we don't surveil, essentially. Which changes. I, I have another, God, like a deeper question. Laszlo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that a biblical reference? I have no idea. Oh, Operation Laszlo. Yeah, Drymar is referred to as Laszlo. Um, Camp Laszlo. Yeah, because I was thinking about that, and I thought that I read some stupid tune theory about how it's actually hell, and it's short for Lazarus or some shit, and I was hoping oh. to make that connection for a man to come back from the dead, but I have no clue. Yeah, but also... Um, I feel like there's a, a fan theory for every single Cartoon Network show that oh, yeah. it's actually in hell or well, they're all, all dead. They're all high on cocaine True. when they were writing these shows, so it's all a fever dream. <laughs> a cocaine fever dream. And someone needs to find meeting, and it's internet bloggers. Yeah. That's profound. <laughs> <laughs> um, the after, after this goes down... Um, Grubitz, Grubitz speaks with Minister Hempf. Yes. And Rape. they... What? I was... Spoilers. Minister Hempf, the, the rapist. Yeah. Much like um, Brock Turner, the rapist. Yes. It's part of the name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... His this is a divisive podcast, boys and <laughs> Yeah, we're doing politics. <laughs> um, they agree to watch Draymar, even though there really shouldn't be. You know, Grubitz is just a little... Uh, uh, suck up. Suck up, yeah. A little, a little kiss a little, ass. Little kiss ass. Um, and they agreed to surveil Draymond. Set it all up. I really like the montage of setting it up because at this point they're still really setting up like warm, artistic Draymond and clinical, cold Weisler, right? Like, yeah. Oh, what? I definitely wrote down that the first 20 minutes of this movie felt more like characterization. Yeah. So, the setup part, I mean, it was all worth it in the end because they really made Weisler seem like he's gonna get him. 
Yeah. And he's going to do them dirty. Yeah, it was really moving. The 100% agree uh, that the, the beginning is all just, okay, they're... These characters are just doing stuff in their apartment and above their apartment because that's where Weisler has his shop set up to surveil. And it just feels like on and on they're doing exactly what you would expect them to do. You know, Weisler spies Draymond and his girlfriend Krista passionately love one another and have a lot of friends. And um, it's kind of like, okay, is this the whole movie? <laughs> you know, uh, pretty questionable in the beginning. But... Um, there's a party where Draymond has a bunch of friends over, him and Krista, and we kind of learn a, a bit more about his, his friends and how subversive they all are. Uh, the character of Yerska, the yep. bald old man, mm-hmm. uh, pretty good character. The, I don't, I don't know, I feel like a lot of plot starts to happen with this party. Yep. Uh, so in the party, Paul, his friend, his subversive friend, Yerska, blacklisted for being subversive. And this is kind of where, uh, the call to action happens, I guess, (laughs) literally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Yerska starts, he didn't really, I wasn't going to say that he was the turning wheel for him, for Draymond to be anti-party, but that's a lie. He didn't, I kind of expected him to be more like Paul was. Um, Yerska like Paul? I thought Yerska would be more of um, like a foil to the main character. And make him like, you should be a communist. Or you shouldn't be a communist. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Be anti-party. Like that never... That came up, but I, it came from a different character. Yeah, Paul, um, mm-hmm. who at the party is just straight up like, you know, you gotta do something. Yeah. Call me so, when you're. <laughs> so I, what I thought was gonna happen was like Yerska was gonna be the B guy because Paul got killed or something because he was mm-hmm. kind of mean to hemp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's just not the case. Um, Paul ends up being the, the A guy, or the B guy, yeah. uh, after Draymar. Um, Draymar. Yeah, Draymond or Draymar? Draymond. Mm. You're right, Draymond. I don't know. German. Jorg. Jorg, yes, George. Jorg. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess as far as, like, compliments or criticisms of this whole first beginning part, where it's, like like you said, characterization, mm-hmm. uh I think it's textbook good characterization. Oh, definitely. I mean, setting up the hero and the villain, and then JK, the villain's the hero, even when he's not being, like, he's being villainous to the party, but Mm -hmm. that's way too far ahead, because that's what makes this whole movie beautiful, and I don't want to, like, ramshackle my way through explaining my thoughts. Let's go over the plot and my notes, and we can... Let the words speak for themselves and let Weisler come out from his communist cocoon. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so where are we at then? So the party happened. Paul was mean to hemp. We see Weisler in the attic. Mm. Listening. Yes. I think. Yes. Because at this point he would be. Listening. Yes. 
and reporting. Listening and reporting. And um, the party happens. And he pulls out Sonata for a good man, which is... Well, they unwrap the gifts. And then there's passionate lovemaking. Yes, which Weissler describes as presumably had intercourse. <laughs> which is more characterization. Yeah, so they open Sonata for a good man, which is what he gets from Yesker, mm-hmm. which becomes important later. But, um... Or Sonata for a good man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sonata for a good man, a piano piece, because uh, Dry Jorg is a, <laughs> a piano player as well. As a writer. Yes. And a director. No, I mean, he probably just gave notes on the play. Yeah. Yeah, he's a playwright. Oh, his girlfriend, Christina, who's super important to the movie. We didn't even talk about her. Christina Maria Silent. Sy- yeah, Sealander's... Sealand, uh, we see him be a little creepy at her at the party. Like, we see him come up to her and be like, I'll dance with you. And then, like, he touches her butt. Mm-hmm. And she leaves. So she obviously, you know, not super comfortable with this guy. Right. And she's dating Dryman. So that's a little bit of setup that's important to talk about. Yeah. And then um, after this uh, occurs and after the party at Dryman's house and... Uh, you know, he gets the gift of Sonata for a good man. Then this is when he goes to uh, where? Yeah, so after the party, Paul. Uh, Paul. Why do I call him Paul? Because Paul's probably the easiest name to remember. Yeah, George opens his <laughs> gifts, gets Sonata for a good man. And then uh, we actually have a cut over to um, Grubitz and. Weiss are having lunch Yeah. at the bureau. And this is a good scene with that joke, the, mm-hmm. the joke scene, so to speak. Yes. Um, I really like this scene because it shows A, um, Weissler noticed Krista getting out of the minister's car and documented it. And Gerbert says, no, no, uh, I struck that because we don't want to step on his toes. You know, he's our friend. And then this underling comes and tells a joke, and Grubitz, like, really gets off on toying with him. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, oh, pretty hypocritical. The whole system is, like, this hypocrisy, you know? Yes. Yeah. system is flawed. Yes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Do you have anything uh, that you kind of want to touch on before we charge forward? Or Well, the only thing I want to touch on before we charge forward is a spoiler. Mm. So. so. Oh, I also... Uh, in this scene, Grubitz being like, no, 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 you can tell a joke. And then he tells a joke. Super hypocritical. I mean, that's exactly what you said, so I'm just reinforcing oh, the yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Grubitz is a, a real shithead. And... Weissler is a true believer, because he's like, oh, no, we should sit with the underlings. Oh, yeah. Because where does socialism start? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Grubitz says, what was his line? Like, bosses sit over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is a thing where it's like, even though this dude works for this secret police, yeah. it, it's really good at making you care about him and, mm-hmm. and kind of be like, oh, he's not so bad. He believes in the system, true believer, like you say. So the Minister Hemp, we find out, is... Um, oh, another thing that happens before we meet with Hemp is he begins, Weissler begins chalking the room layout. Oh, yeah. So that's another important, because he's doing his job. 
characterization. Yeah, very methodical. Yeah, super methodical. Just yeah. and it lays out exactly where all the rooms are, which is important for a point that we'll bring up in a minute. Yes, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he draws out the whole thing like a perfect map, and looking at it, it looks like an architecture uh, print. You know, it's <laughs> just spilled a lot of water <laughs> on yourself. <laughs> Um, but the, the next scene is difficult to watch because this is where we see Hemp and Krista in the car. And when Weissler first introduces the concept of Hemp and Krista being together, you're like, oh, something illicit, you know? Grubitz introduces it. Oh, yeah. Grubitz introduces So you're like, oh, something illicit, something painful. Yeah, like an affair. Yeah. But no, uh, Hemp is a rapist. And Krista is trapped uh, by her station. And it's it's very sad to, to see. Um, I do have one opinion on the rape scene, quote-unquote rape scene, because they do cut away mm-hmm. before the rape happens, which not all movies do. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, truly. I, I hate a rape scene uh, in a movie. And this is exactly what I say for, like, uh, you don't need to show rape yeah yeah it's just as horrible you know yeah because i well her reaction to it which is what's more important than the rape Mm -hmm. in i mean yeah yeah so like all that happens in the car and they cut away which is good and then we come up to the apartment and see her reaction yes and uh there is that point where um weissler interferes like for the first time Mm mm-hmm Oh yeah, when so he rapes her on the way there, mm-hmm. and when the car arrives, Weisler sees it pull up, and he pulls some wires out from his box because everything's wired downstairs, and he touches the wire together to get the doorbell to ring, because they established this earlier that sometimes it locks on them. Mm-hmm. So buzz 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 buzz, and he gets Dryman to come down, and he sees Krista come out of the car, but he doesn't look at her. Or he doesn't, like, say, hey, I'm here, as he watches her go up the stairs, which gets called back later. Exactly, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so there are a lot of... I was talking on my ass before. Uh, Yeah, he, like, hides. It's really... It's emotional. Yeah, it's... So emotional. Truly, yeah. And the scene that follows is just so good, because she, she, like, showers, and she's, like, crying, and it's like, oh, my fucking God... And then she lays in bed and we see him and he doesn't yell at her, which is, you know, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Really surprising, technically. I mean, yeah, maybe because it was German. But, like, I feel like rape scenes or rape gets, like, you charted or, I don't know, it doesn't get recognized as that. Yeah, that's what I was so conflicted during this whole sequence because uh-huh. we see Weissler intervene and I thought to myself, oh, like... My first thought was, what a dude, like, he's intervening to help um, Dryman realize, like, what's happening with his girlfriend. And I thought, wait, he's doing that because he wants Dryman to see she's cheating, but she's not cheating. So Weisler is kind of in the wrong. He's creating a problem for everybody, right? Like, because... I I wonder if you saw their intentions the same. So Weisler says, time to learn some hard truths. And he buzzes him. 
this causes Draymond to go downstairs and see her come out of the car. As far as my my thought was that at this point, Weisler thought that Krista was willfully being unfaithful to Draymond rather than being trapped in a abusive, um, raping relationship. And I, so I think I, an American movie would play it like that. An American movie from two thousand and six would play it like that. Okay. Yeah. So I def- so I was geared up for that as well. So it was kind of a relief. Yeah. And then um the other conflict was you know, Draymar, Draymond, I George. Wish we knew. Um, Writer I, man. I wrote down Draymond. So I'm gonna keep saying Draymond. Yeah. if I remember. I'm so fucking bad at this. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't I I have it written down, I keep saying it different. But uh you know, he as for all he knows, she's unfaithful right now. Um, she's cheating on him. And then you get the touching moment where uh, she requests to be held. And uh, this was my favorite scene in the movie. Will you please do it justice? Um, no. <laughs> no. So, Tell me why it's your favorite. <laughs> so uh, she's on the bed and Dray- Draymond sees her and she says, uh, just hold me. And then we cut up to Weisler in the attic, sitting in his chair above the bedroom, like kind of curled up on his chair, listening to them be silent and stuff. And at first I'm like, oh, he's sleeping. But he's not. He's like, yeah, man, it's just so good. Like he's longing for that connection and like this weird, it's it's really good. It's and, a phenomenal turning point in the movie. Mm-hmm, truly. And at this point it became the payoff for all the character development from like the first 30 to 40 minutes. Yes. Yeah. So after this, we've got like a lot of cool scenes and and events. You know, like this is when the plot kicks in. Essentially, yeah. it feels like because um, they did all the amazing characterization already, but they don't stop. It doesn't stop. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. So after that, um, Paul. Oh shit! Um, even more. Uh, not Paul. Uh, after this is when Weisler goes to his apartment and calls a prostitute. <gasps> yes. Uh, and he asks her to stay. And she's like, nope, I'm on a schedule. And then he checks his watch and he's like, Yo, you're not going to make it. Like, So it's like this moment of vulnerability and characterization where he's like studious and on a schedule and rigorous and also totally vulnerable and <laughs> desiring contact too. and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then Paul... Uh, what happens with Paul? Well, I know they meet up with Paul, and he's like, we can't talk here. Oh, um, that's way later, I think. What? Yeah. What I've got written down here is, um... I might have just started watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> this happens to me, too. You know, I'm like, oh, it's really good now, you know? <laughs> Maybe we should do that and just be like, think back on it. Well, we would... would I, um... I think that the movies that we've already seen, that's the benefit, is that we can rely on our memory so much. Mm, that's fair. But even then, our memory is very fallible. <laughs> Can't remember shit. <laughs> so the prostitute says, oh, I come to these apartments all the time because a bunch of you guys do this. More hypocrisy within the party. Mm, yeah. And she's got big, soft titties. Yeah. I was drinking water for that, so thanks. <laughs> 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 um, 
Yeah, so we uh, cut to the captain entering the apartment after this. So he, like, witnesses their closeness, and he wants it. So he gets a prostitute. He can't find it, so he breaks into their apartment. And the next scene is of him, like, slowly touching their bed and, like, looking around the place, like, living in their skin, kind of. And we find out after he took a book of poems that um, Draymond was reading. So this is... And Jessica. Yes, and Yesker. Yeah, so uh, Yesker was reading. Yeah, I totally forgot that. That's what I was umming and eyeing over earlier. And then I switched into talking about how I thought Yesker was going to be a bee guy. Mm. Why? My synapses, they fire, but they're like, <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to make that connection. Let's go over here. <laughs> Different connection now. <laughs> KGB. Yeah, so at this, this is another fantastic, man, after this, it's all hits of scenes. But, <laughs> uh, it's a really good movie. <laughs> Yesker uh, hangs himself at this point, Very and sure. Draymond gets a call about it, and he pulls out Sonata for a, a good man. And he plays it. Plays it on the piano. And uh, all the while, Weisler is listening above. Yes, yeah. that's... God damn, I just got goosebumps <laughs> thinking about this movie. Why'd you get goosebumps, Jenny? What happens in the attic? Because <laughs> Weisler starts crying... While he listens to them playing the piano. Mm-hmm. Just real touching and like all of this machine-like behavior from the first half is being picked away by his, his involvement with these this couple. I wonder if this movie is commentary on art and what art can do to a man. Mm. And a woman. Yeah. Humanity. Humanity. Art. <laughs> Humanity. It probably is. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Like I, I didn't think of that lens at all. I was just thinking of like human connection, kind of. Yeah. But for sure, I mean, it's all. Well, art is part of human connection. Yeah. So I think you got a good point there. Good point, Jenny. Thanks. I get a gold star. <laughs> um. So this also. After he's oh. moved to tears, the elevator scene? Yes. Is that what you're owing about? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. So he gets back to his apartment complex and he hops on an elevator with a kid. I think he's in... I think he's leaving the apartment, isn't he? Oh, maybe. So like immediately after I think that. he's in the same apartment complex as Draymond and Krista. Okay. It doesn't really matter. He gets on this elevator and this little kid throws his ball into the elevator and he chases after it. And he looks at the guy and he asks, are you part of the Salsi? And I've heard that there are bad people. My dad says that you're bad people who put innocent folks in prison or something to that effect. And Weisler starts asking, what's the name of your... You're like, oh my God. He's, he's going to ask the name of this kid's dad. He's going to put the kid's dad in prison. But mm-hmm. then he asks for the name of the ball. Yeah. And it's just like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's got a heart. He's got a heart. Uh, yeah, it, it's really touching uh, development. And after this, it, we cut back to... So, like, we're constantly coming back to Draymond and Krista and then Weisler. Draymond and Krista, Weisler. Weisler's the B guy. Yeah, all the B guy. He's, the, he's been the B guy all well, along. Well, he's the main character, though. Yeah. <laughs> Protagonist. He's a the most change happens to him, so he is the protagonist. Good point. Yes. Remembering back to English freshman year. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the journey of the hero. Um, 
So we see Draymond saying that he can't really, after his friend Yesker, Yerska dies, uh, he can't write anymore. He he doesn't care about people, and his fears were that he would never have anything to write about, and he wouldn't care about others. And now both of those are true, and his only hope is that he doesn't lose Krista. And at this point, he still doesn't know that Krista is um, being extorted by the minister. He he saw her get out of a car, he held her, and they kind of moved past it. And now she's saying, I'm going to go out tonight. And they have this big conflict, like, where Draymond thinks he's got all the all the info and he confronts her about it, but he, he doesn't. He's misinformed. And she... it's It felt like one of those scenes where... He's like, I know what you're doing. And she's like, oh, the jig is up. Now we're both talking about the same thing. But she doesn't confirm 100% that she is being harassed and assaulted by the minister. Um, she says, she she just kind of reacts like, well, you, you need to do this too. You know, you're beholden to the party too. And it kind of felt like there was just a, a bit of a barrier between them. I think there was a barrier because if there wasn't a barrier, she wouldn't have stormed out yeah true um yeah the and we find that out in a really well crafted like reveal scene kind of because um Weisler is listening the whole time and he's like hanging on every word of if she's gonna go or not and he's fully fabricating the transcript at this point which is important <laughs> to say he's like he knows that she's going to meet the minister and he's like Maybe classmate, like full on, pretty much defected, right? But maybe not, you know. Well, they said keep hemp out of it, and she's saying meeting a classmate. Mm. So there's it's room. still some par- party ties. Some party ties. He still loves Big Brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, forgot about introducing the secondary spy guy. Yes, who looks like oh god, Chris Farley. Yeah. He, like German Chris Farley. He, <laughs> Why does Germany have this factory of similar clones yeah, of all these American actors? Just Hollywood lookalikes or something. <laughs> it it was weird to a degree, but uh, I forgot about this guy, and he really... I hate this guy. Oh, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> He's bad at his job. Thankfully. Cause yes. If he was good, he has opportunities to blow the whole thing up. Doesn't sound like a play. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he's hanging on every word. His replacement comes and cuts him off, uh, so he has to leave. I felt like in this scene, there's that moment where he's like hanging on, listening to the argument, and it's. I thought both it's he's really invested in their lives, and also he is kind of working to make sure that they're not saying anything incriminating. I kind of thought he was like hanging on to like let them finish a sentence that would damn them, so to speak, or maybe I'm just assuming too far into the scene. I definitely was full throttle. He's hanging on to every word. Like, this is a drama playing out, and he wants to know how it ends. Yeah. Especially because after he leaves, he goes across the street to watch. Yes. And uh, waits to see if she leaves or does not. And he waits in the bar because he's looking suspicious. Uh, He's also switched from a soda water to vodka, which I, I wonder, you know, maybe there's something to... Like the the warmth of like liquor or something, you know, because 
there's a lot of scenes where Draymond and Krista are drinking wine and Yesker, when they go to his office, is filled with wine bottles. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. And then Krista orders a... Co- Oops. Krista comes into the bar yeah. and she orders a cognac, which is a cordial. Yeah. And then even later on, when they get full into their, you know, business, they celebrate with the real stuff from some other company. So, yeah. like, there's all this booze throughout. And when he switches from soda water to vodka, shortly after this is when Chris enters and he confronts her directly. Vodka's a party member drink. Ooh. Because hemp gets a vodka. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was a really touching scene because an element of their argument that he was listening in on was, you know, who who are we and what are we doing and, uh, you know, how, what do we have to give up to stick to what we believe in and all that kind of stuff. And he confronts her directly with all this knowledge um, and basically crafts the perfect argument to prevent her from going to the, the Minister Hemp. Yes. Which was so very nice. Fuck. I love this man. Yeah, truly, he's he's a really well written hero. Like, mm-hmm. um, so. Oh man, the whole movie, like, it becomes like, do the right thing, do the right thing, and then he does it in the most perfect way. Exactly, it's it's so well written and uh, so patient too. Yeah. Like he he's not running up to her like, it's nothing insane. Like at times, I thought he's just gonna walk into the apartment and be like, I'm with the. <laughs> the Stasi, and we got to get you out of here. But that never happens. It, it's uh, really patient, and everything thought, is planned. What? I never thought that would happen. I never thought. Oh, that really? Would I, I was ready for it when things were getting tense. Uh, yeah. So, um, Weiso tries to stop her, and this is another great scene. Like, it's just so human. She she comes back, and uh, uh, Weisler comes back in the morning for a shift. And, I don't know, just the way they describe the reunion and show it. Yeah. I Oh, man. So good. And then he's like, this is a good report. Yeah. And not because the guy had done any exemplary writing, because he also t- does something to the effect of nothing else notable happened, which is not a great report. Unless it is. But, like, this is a good report because they got back together yeah. and they fucked about it. Yeah, what he called it vigorous lovemaking or something. Yeah, I think the blonde's a bit of a pervert. I think that was good too because he would, in one of his character introductions, he's like, "Oh, I love artists because they bang so much." Yeah, yeah. And why so? It's just like I love this artist because art. Mm-hmm. So good. Good point. Yeah. Oh, so good. And this also one. that reunion is kind of like the melding. It's literally a melding of the two lifestyles because we have the report written and that's superimposed over them having sex in bed oh right and oh my god it, i forgot about yeah that. so it's like the description and the clinical you know stasi stuff and it's this uh conflict uh, right on the screen just god. visible so that's um that's bad ux because you can't read text over a background without <laughs> a high contrast ratio that's so i probably know. blacked it out because it was just such it a just bad user experience. Got you so pissed. <laughs> also, <laughs> I do remember the weird cuddling where she like his head was between her thighs or something. Yeah, she had him in a she was like triangle hold, covering her booby yeah. with her hand. They they really set up a lot of like nudity covering, which is good. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't in the movie for the sex stuff. Yeah, and also it seems like 
if you have a sex scene in a movie, it has to be super purposeful. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. I just had an epiphany because yeah. the sex scene between her and Draymond was super meaningful. So it was shown. So that connection was important. Yeah. And they didn't show the rape scene with hemp because that wasn't a real connection. That, that, damn. Who directed this? <laughs> yeah, what is, else has he directed? Or she. Was very insightful. Could be a she. Could be. Probably. But it was 2006, so probably not. <laughs> well, if you look at the Academy this year, it probably wouldn't be a female either. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, but that's a really good point. Yeah, uh, uh, DB and Weiss and Benioff from Game of Thrones could learn a thing or two about, uh, you know, sex in a story oh, from this nice. director. Sick, sick burn. Pew. Game of Thrones is easy pickings. Yes. Oh, hanging fruit. <laughs> So low hanging water bottles. What? <laughs> because there are always water bottles on set. Oh, Candy. That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. That's another deep cut. Um, mm, I okay. Okay. So <laughs> then after this, there's uh, the talk with Paul, for sure. Yeah, the, well, this is when um, they go to the funeral God damn it. Uh, for Yesker, and you see, you know, the, the, there's a very visible effect on Draymond at the funeral. He, it's like a minute long, just shot of his face as everyone walks away. And then, you're correct, he starts writing the inklings of a subversive text about suicide mm-hmm. and goes to meet Paul. Yes. Uh, the Paul scene is great. Paul is a great character. Paul is a great character. He looked a lot, as long as we're talking about lookalikes, he reminded me of Stephen Merchant, uh, the tall, gangly British man uh, who plays the albino mutant in Logan. Um, okay, so uh, Draymond... Draymond begins to pen his anti-state manifesto about mm-hmm. suicide and with the quote, 1977, our country stopped counting suicides, uh, which is the lead of his writing. Yes, um, and after which Hungary was the highest. Yes. Which, what is that? Is, is that important? Is it just a diss on Hungary? <laughs> like, at least we're not Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably in Europe, too, because I feel like the U.S. has always had pretty high. Yeah. Truly. The, this feels like the start of plot C uh, in the movie. There's 15 plots, and yeah. I loved all of them. True, yeah, because um, I gotta stop saying truly. I say truly so much. I want a truly. Oh, God, yeah. That'd be good. Some good spritzer. Sponsored mm. by Truly. So, <laughs> um, the... What are what are the plots? Anyway? Cause the yeah, first one, can we talk about that? Yeah. Yes. So every character has their own motive, and I think that's creating its own plot. That's a good point. So Draymond takes a long time to learn. Yes. And Weisler, we've been learning from the beginning, slowly. Mm-hmm. Good dramatic tension. All yeah. Around. Yeah. So those are the two main those guys. Those are the main ones. I think Grubitz has his own plot because he's trying to be a... He's trying to gain traction in the party. And speaking of that... It seemed, I think that's really well done now that you mention that because the first scene that we see him, it's very much Weisler is this cold bastard that Grubitz is afraid of. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the movie, completely flipped. 
Yes. You know, Grubitz becomes this, you know, party stooge. So, uh, other characters. Krista has her own plot where she's getting raped because she wants to do theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder, how does this, because I, you know when you watch a movie and you're like, wow, this movie hates women. I don't think this movie hates women. I think this movie recognizes the situation of women. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, power I don't dynamics. think so. Okay, yeah. So, but I mean, also her whole plot is... She needs meds. Yeah. And she wants to do theater. In the unfortunate circumstances, she has caught the eye of Hemp. Yeah. Hemp has his own motivation because he wants to get Draymond out of the picture. So that he can form a relationship with Krista, which wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Paul gets his own plot, but shout out Paul. Yeah, Paul's a good dude. And speaking of Paul, they're at his apartment now. Um, <laughs> because Draymond has had a change of heart where he's like, you know what, you're right. My friend died. I got to do something. I got to use my station. And they have this cool they have this cool little spy moment where starts... He's like, I've been listening to a lot of music ever since I uh, tried to go to the West, you know. And uh, they play music. They agree to meet at a park because Draymond says, oh, my apartment's safe. I'm not entirely certain we ever set up that this is Berlin. Oh, yeah. This is East and West Germany. (laughs) 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 It's a German movie and there's Stasi. Figure it out. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so... uh, Early 1980s, late 1970s. 1984, I do believe. 1984. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> That's the year Rachel was born. Oh, <laughs> really deep cut for our true picks. <laughs> um, yeah, so at this point, Draymond is convinced that his apartment is clean. And they meet up in the park. And I'm kind of glossing over this part where they meet in the park. But they, they basically all agree that they need to publish... This suicide article. Okay. I thought I thought I'm having a nosebleed. Oh, no. I don't think you are. Oh, my God. Can't remember shit. Having random nosebleeds. Or just boogers. Uh, Should we redo this one? The whole thing. <laughs> no. Well, I think we're at like 40 minutes. Okay, let's just... Let's wrap it up. Okay, let's wrap it up. <laughs> so, um, they are convinced that they... Draymond has a clean apartment when we, as the audience... Dramatic tension. <laughs> no, no, that he does not. Uh, and they devise a neat little plan to see if it is clean, where they have this loud conversation of how they're going to smuggle Paul to West Berlin in the... Gold Mercedes. Gold Mercedes under the seat. And they, they're very specific. They'd even tell what street it's going to be at. And what border they're leaving on. Uh-huh. And of course, of Weisler course. is listening. Yes. Because the apartment's bugged. Yeah, and I love what you... I guess this kind of answers how... Um, I'm like, oh, did party ties anymore? And you say, yes, party ties. And this kind of proves it because when they're like, oh, he's going to sneak him out. Uh, it shows Weisler, and Weisler is literally like, damn it. Like, no. They're trying to sneak out this Paul guy. Like, he's clearly frustrated that they have this plan. And then he's then he is a, makes a call to report them and catches himself. And he's like, no. You get one, yeah, my friend, he says. Yes, super good. Yeah, uh, which is a really exciting moment of dramatic uh, irony, Mm -hmm. because 
Um, oh. Yeah, because we know it's a ploy all uh, or well, t- They're all is, the same. Well, they're not all it? the same. All right, we need to. Where we that. as the audience know what the characters That's do. That's dramatic not. irony. Okay. Probably used the whole wrong phrase. No, whatever. I knew what you meant. Our listeners are like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's good for zoning out. Um. <laughs> yeah. Zone out, listen to us laugh really loud, and rewind it 15 seconds to see what we just laughed about. And it wasn't even that funny. Yeah, my kind of content. Mike, I hope so. So, yeah, we know all along that the thing is a ploy, and it was super exciting because White Star says you get one, and now they used up their one for a total bum shot, and now they're like, okay, we're clean. We can talk about our super anti-state plot of publishing this suicide article in the West. Which I think would be a good tip for us, because if we're going to, if we get bugged, Mm-hmm. And we're trying to tell if we're going to get bugged. We should do something that has much lower consequence. Yeah. Because the, the guy who was going to do the fake um, transporting was like, it wasn't really that dangerous. It's like, yeah, it was. If you were pulled over, the whole thing would be shot anyway. They would put you in the prison. They wouldn't hear from you for six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, I lower guess, consequence. Like, he's. Bringing back a bottle of vodka, boys. Contraband. Or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a communist party member. Yeah, what's what's dire enough to draw the communists to you? But not so dire you get arrested anyway. I don't know. If you have enough money for a bribe, I think you could get away with anything low stakes. True. Like, oh yeah, I had to bribe them $500, but now we found out that your house truly is bugged. That would have made for a boring movie. (laughs) So after this, they think they're in the clear and they decide to hide everything from Krista. And they say, oh, we are just making a play. Me and my my, um, anti-state friend. And they get a secret little typewriter to hide the typeface. Because everything of a known writer is tracked, as we see by a typewriter expert. He's like... They know the exact typewriter model that every writer has. He should work for Epicurious. Yes, that'd be a great YouTube video. (laughs) Deep cuts. I'd watch that. Man, Uh, that comes later. So what we do know is that Weisler does write up some kind of report. Because they they wasted the one, and they've done another one with this illicit typewriter. And he goes to Grubitz's office, and he asks to talk to him, and... Is this, uh, what kind of plot device is it when you get information that'll change your mind right before you're about to make the terrible consequential decision? Uh, I don't know, but that is what happens. Check snopes.com. <laughs> oh, it's not snopes. It'd be TV tropes. Shit. Opes. <laughs> Ope. Uh. Ope.com. Check ope.com. Get your cheeses, your milks. <laughs> your beers. You all can't forget the beers there. So he hands letter. He has the letter, and he goes to Grubitz's office. And Grubitz is a professor now. They talk about that earlier, but he becomes a professor, and he's having a doctoral candidate who wrote some kind of five types of artists essay. And he talks about how Draymond is the fourth type of artist who, if you suspect them of doing anything wrong. What you should do is completely isolate them from people and do nothing terrible to them so they have nothing to write about. 
And the best part about it is that after 10 months of being treated like this, most of them stop writing forever. Yeah. So Weisler is a true lover of the arts because he just reports that he thinks that the operation needs to be slimmed down, take the bumbling idiot off the case. I want to lead it. Grubitz is a little iffy on that, but he says, sure, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And at this point in the movie, I feel like it's been written to the point that basically any amount of doubt anywhere is really scary, mm-hmm. which I, is the the actuality of East Germany or whatever at the time, but there's just so much paranoia and skepticism that when Grubitz is like, something seems off about this, I'm like, <laughs> it's all shot. You know, <laughs> like, Weissler's going to die. They're going to be caught. It's all going down. Uh, but not, not what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, it made me think of that scene in Inglorious Bastards with the milk. Like, yeah, oh, the corners. opening scene? Yeah. Yeah, where corners them. It's like it's shit scene. is up. Mm-hmm. Truly. It's on the list. Yeah, We're going to be doing that movie. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So just another example of amazing tension. So one Truly. that I would harken back to because, oh, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. This is also a good movie because it made me feel the same way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I really like that scene and I really like this scene. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? So after after that he leaves and they're trying to find anything to get this uh hemp calls. And he's like, You gotta do something, this bastard's da, 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 da. um something must be done. Mm-hmm. And they end up catching Krista at the pharmacy where she gets her illegal drugs because I don't know what she has, but when she doesn't have the drugs she touches her face a lot. Yeah, and this is after Krista walks in and sees... That, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. She's, so she stands up hemp, which pisses him off, and she walks in and sees Draymond hiding the writer under the floorboard where he, where he hides it to prevent identification by typeface. Mm-hmm. And then she gets arrested uh, at the doctor. Uh, and this is all, of course, after the text was published. Yeah, that's another key plot point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, the, the, the article is smuggled to the West. It's published. The hunt is on. Um, the typewriter analyzer can't find the typewriter. And uh, Grubitz becomes aware that it would be easy to hide. So they arrest Sealand. She cracks quickly. Um, one thing that I liked about... Like the whole end where they've got Sealand in uh, the interrogator, they have her in a horrible cell, and she gives up the ghost on everything. But I, they did a really good job of making it totally understandable. Like at this point in the movie, you know that the government are monstrous, and she's suffered so much, and she gives up all the information and my thought was well yeah you know you kind of got it at that point it's it's not really her fault like she shouldn't be expected to be uh tortured for days or whatever and not give it up so i I like that a lot how they wrote her like a like not a villain essentially also important to note that weisler was her interrogation officer 
Because he gets one last shot from Grubitz. Yeah. And that was a really good scene. There was a lot going on there, I think. Yeah, he brought up, like, your audience. Because that's what he said to her at the bar. Mm-hmm. So I think he was trying to get her... He didn't face her immediately when she came in. Because I don't think he wanted the... I recognize you. Mm-hmm. And then he turns to face her. Makes it obvious that he's on her side, I think. Yeah, and I was confused about this because what I wanted to get your opinion on is he says know your audience twice like really like remember me and she gives him this look and I couldn't tell if uh, she recognized him I feel like she might have recognized him but then I was confused as to like why is he urging her to give up the information so he can get go get it right after or do you think she recognized him? Do you think she was, like, relieved or terrified? Or... I think she was withdrawing from whatever she needed. Or she was suffering from whatever she had. Mm. And I think she trusted him. Okay, so you don't think it was like, uh, oh, you're that guy from the bar type thing? I think it wasn't, oh, you're that guy from the bar. Okay. But I think it was muddled by the withdrawing. Cool. Um, it was hard to get a read on her. Also, she yeah. was, like, speaking German or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, after this interrogation, and she gives up all the info, creepy Grubit says, ah, there's you're an informant now, and gives her the drugs. That she needs, that, presumably yeah. to live. Yeah, I. it's very nondescript, but... Maybe it's an opioid addiction. Yeah, I'd, I'd believe that, but she is getting it. From a doctor who, I don't know, it it seemed to really paint a picture of East Germany being a lot of a lot of heroes. There's a lot of bad people, but there's a lot of normal people and heroes all at once, you know. So it's tough to tell, is a doctor profiting off of an addict, or is he giving her something that she truly needs that is outlawed in East Germany? You know? I don't know. In any case, she gets her drugs. Weisler runs off to get the typewriter, uh, which is not known to us just yet, but I think we can all assume. We can all assume. That he's there. Because he runs, he rushes, he goes vroom vroom. Yeah, like it's minutes after the interrogation and Grubitz is like, where's Weisler? And someone's like, he's gone. (laughs) He dipped already. Um He's dipping and dapping and don't know what's happening. He knows everything that's happening. He knows everything that's happening. <laughs> um, yeah, so he runs over, gets the typewriter. Draymond uh, Draymond meets Krista. She comes back and he's like, where were you? You know, you were gone for a day because she was a prisoner. And like uh, the secret police came at some point that we didn't mention Tore everything up looking for the typewriter, couldn't find it. Um, and now this will be the second visit. And she's in the shower like, I don't know what you're talking about. Did you have something? Yes. Professor. Lay it on me. Um, we forgot to mention that Grubitz interrogates her the first time. Doesn't get much of a result. And he doesn't have her put her hands on the seat for the scent grabber. Mm, yeah. So Grubitz sucks. Yeah, Grubitz is a bad interrogator. And then they don't do anything like that with Weisler. And I think that's important because it, it's not a misstep from him. It's He's not trying to get her sent. Yeah, yeah. 
characterization. God. They're, they use a seat to develop three characters. Who the you know? fuck wrote this? <laughs> um, so this is uh, nearing the climax. So uh, Draymond comes back, says, Chris, where have you been? Uh, Stasi show up. But the Stasi show up earlier and ramshackle his apartment. They rip his seat cushions and he tells his friends about it and they say, oh, Krista must have done it. And he said, no, they didn't tell. They didn't look at the floorboard. Mm. So I think that's important. Yeah, and he says, and she knows about the floorboard. So yes. if she did, she like saved us. Mm-hmm. She's our guardian angel. Yes. Uh, so then the second visit, she has now told uh, them about the floorboard. She told the hero, mm-hmm. Weisler, the about hero the floorboard. The hero of our story. Uh, but everybody else heard it, so they come to double check and has so annoyed with Grubitz during this scene where it's like, oh, Fourboard's not up to code. It's acting all hot, like a hot shot in front oh, yeah. of his soldiers, just characterization, you know. <laughs> He's a, a pompous ass. And um, as he leans over, Draymond and uh, Krista look at one another and he realizes that she did tell about the floorboard mm-hmm. and he has this like horrible like realization you know, how did you do this to me? And um, she runs out. Runs out. They pop it open. No Nothing. typewriter. Um, yeah, so I think there's a lot of time back here because Sealand, was this a suicide or an accident? It was suicide. She looked at the truck. Oh, and stepped in front of it? Yeah. Okay, because when I was watching it, it seemed like she was already in the middle of the street and then saw the truck. But I think thematically suicide makes more sense. I think she was completely trapped. Yeah. Because either way, shit's fucked. Yeah. It's be a prisoner of the party in a prison or be a prisoner of the party as Hem's wife. Right. Really tragic. Super tragic. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things I was wondering was where is the tragedy going to come from this movie? Because it was a tragedy. Mm -hmm. Um. And I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, maybe Draymond gets captured or something. But it's it's a death. It's yeah. the death of Krista. Yeah. Uh, just 100% a victim in the entire existence. God. Uh, yeah, so she steps in front of a bus truck, gets hit. Weissler's watching from outside. And uh, what's really touching and I think really kind of... I don't know, it's, it's fucked up to say validating. Mm, it, that probably is the wrong word, but I also, I think I know where you're going, and I think I agree. So, Weisler, I, I mean, uh, in Draymond's eyes, he was just betrayed by Krista. She gave up his information, and he thought she wouldn't, uh, and he made it out by the skin of his teeth. And still, he comes down when she's dead, and is just completely heartbroken, uh, asking her corpse to forgive him for putting her in that situation. He just keeps saying, forgive me, forgive me, because he made the choice to do it, and she died for it. Oh, I thought... That's so funny. I thought you were going to talk about Weisler telling her that he hid the typewriter so that she would have the relief of knowing that Dryman's not going to prison for her. Oh, okay. Um, that's a good point, and I do agree with that. Uh, I think that was his intention, too, but... I thought, like, what's validating is that this guy's actions were driven by being exposed to the love of this couple and, like, hearing the art they make and being exposed to their ideas and seeing their connection and all that from 
his stalkerly viewpoint. And then at the <laughs> end, he sees that even though she did this and like gave up this information, he still loves her so much to realize that, you know, everything she did, you know, she was forced into and she, he obviously forgave her and all he wanted was for her to forgive him. And then to, for the guy to witness that is kind of like, well, they're, they're real uh, connection, real love there. So it's probably validating in the sense that um, he can realize he did the right thing for the right people, you know? What are we at? Oh, oh, that's this fine. is going to be a bear to... We've had an hour 20 for something. I just had this invasive thought that we haven't been recording this whole time. Oh, so okay. I had to check. And we have stuff to cut out, so... That'd be good. Anyway, um, yeah, so what do you think of the, the death scene? Well, like I said, they needed to add a tragedy because this movie was written perfectly and it needed a tragedy to... Mm. Much like every pop song needs a hook... this amazing movie needed something terrible and tragic every drama needs a tragedy and i really liked how they didn't play it up too much this movie was perfect yeah it was good so um after this you know grubitz they they leave the scene grubitz says you're never going to work here again because i'm on to you yeah uh to the captain weisler and i'm on to you i know you did something because there's no way that you didn't no, and I I know that there was a typewriter. Um, so uh, we cut to I don't know if I'm probably missing something, but we see uh, as promised he is steaming envelopes to review the contents, and we hear the Berlin Wall comes down, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a time skip. Yeah, big big time. There's like three at the end of the movie. Yeah, we basically go from present day to. Ten years in the future over the course of five minutes. Present which, day being 1984 yes. to 1991. Yeah, which didn't feel bad to me. Maybe it wasn't 1991. No, it felt fine. Yeah, I totally. I mean, they didn't give anybody glasses to show the time had passed. <laughs> yeah. Or bangs. They do bangs a lot, too. Bangs and Fucking glasses. Weissler showing up with bangs. <laughs> so oh. we see... Uh, Weisler showing up with bangs. Yeah, Weisler shows He grows hair. Mm-hmm. He shows up with bangs. So he hears the Berlin Wall comes oh, down, okay. and he just gets up and leaves, which is funny because, like, what you gotta keep steaming envelopes when history is happening? No, he gets up and goes, <laughs> and then everyone else goes, which including was great. the guy who told the anti-party joke earlier yeah. in the movie. And I feel like he said that he was in like Department M or whatever during that joke, so he's been doing letters this whole time because the letters are Department M. Uh, Weisler gets transferred to Department M as punishment. So that dude was just steaming letters. Like, that For was his job. Years. Crazy. I could do that. Me too. What do you think it pays? Not, not well. The same <laughs> as a doctor in a communist society, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oof. Making bank. Failure of a system. I'm anti-commies. <laughs> <laughs> relative bank. Um, I'm pro-commie. Yeah, so we... DM me. Yeah. DM me if you want to start a communist revolution. <laughs> I'm out. For, I'm out for that. You can, you know, pursue your hobbies, and I'll support that. But end of the movie is the movie. Um, we cut forward another time skip, and um, Draymond is watching a different, very much artsier version of his play because when it was in uh, the 
East Germany. It was communist a, and boring. Yeah, it was in a factory, gray. factory workers, and now it was it's, about the plight of the proletariat. Secretly, yes, um, right. It would have to be secretly. Do you think that he was writing it as pro? <laughs> well, he must not have, because he seemed pretty pro-state. He did seem Draymond. pro-state because it was beneficial to him. Yeah, which is his old development. Oh my god. So, is he the protagonist? <laughs> so it wasn't secretly, you know, pro. Know. It was just whatever. women in a workhouse. Yeah. Uh, and then they have this super stylized, yeah. very bizarre. Woman in a white robe and these big pillars and people step out from the pillars in like Girl Scout uniforms. Yeah. And he steps out. Whatever. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, but yeah, sure it does. Uh, so he steps out of the theater. And because it reminds him too much of Krista. Mm-hmm. And because he's out with she a had the woman. same role. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that. The speaker was... Damn. Good detail. I'm glad I watched this movie with you. Yes. Me too. I'm learning new things. Um, yeah, he had a new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And she never comes up. Yeah, <laughs> which whatever. is fine. We have ten minutes in the movie. Her name is um, Henrietta. And she works at the Sausage Factory. Like, you didn't, true? Did you read the post-credits? No. That's true. Okay. <laughs> I believe you 100%. Good bet. <laughs> <laughs> so Minister Hemp is out there, and um, they're talking about basically, oh, East Berlin. Minister Hemp is like, it was great. And, you know, we're all like, no, it wasn't. Um, well, it's great for the... It was great for hemp. The scum that rose to the top of the stockpot. Exactly. Good good for scum. And, uh, Skin the scum. <laughs> Manny Matson reference. Deep cut. Uh, so they're talking and Draymond asks, why did you never bug my house? And hemp is like, of course we bugged your house. We had the full thing going on. Check your light switches, and then we get this scene where Draymond goes around his house slowly pulling at all these wires, has to take a break because he's pulling out all these wires, Mm -hmm. pulls out more wires, and eventually he goes down to some ministry, and he asks about his file, because if there's bugs on him, I guess they must have set something up in post-East-West Germany. Yeah, that's what I thought as well, just there must be an information bureau that's like, hey, we really fucked up. Come get your info if you want it. Yes. So he finds the Laszlo project and he's reading through all this. Like he's reading the initial like gift opening one and he goes through and he's reading more and more and he gets to the conversation with like Paul and he sees how the details are skewed and then he starts looking for HGG slash X, whatever. Yeah. um, One thing that I was in the notes that it wasn't... Because everything that was in the notes was discussed during the movie. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we see him fabricating it in real time. But then what was kind of glossed over during the movie was when they were sitting there talking about this anti-state manifesto about suicide. Apparently, Weisler was straight up writing a play about Lenin because <laughs> he's describing, like, in the play, Lenin is... Is set upon by his father, but persists. Oh my god, he's writing a play! Yeah. Oh my god. So he's like coming up with a filler play to cover his tracks. And, uh, Whistler. I know. 
So, yeah, like you say, he finds HGW. And this was weird to me. Like, this is a bit too free with the information. He's like, who's HGW? And they're like, they have a... And they give him his address. Yeah, his address, his name and job. Well, you can... Well, I don't want to give out that information that I know about how you can easily get humans' addresses. Well, yeah. But it's easy. <laughs> Guys, it's really easy. It's scary easy. Um, so he uses this information to stalk Weisler. But we forgot the detail where as he's flipping through, yes. uh, he sees um, earlier in the movie he hides the typewriter and he gets red ink on his hands because there's only a red ink ribbon for the typewriter. And he sees um, the last transcript has a thumbprint in red ink, so he realizes that this HGW guy, with all the misinformation in the transcripts, with the red ink, he's like, this guy took the typewriter. Yes. My surveiller so good. did it. Was my guardian angel. Ex- oh, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> fuck. So he finds Stop him on Stop cracking his... your knuckles. Oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> so he so he finds <laughs> So he finds him on his mail route and he gets out of the car to confront him, decides against it for I guess to his why. Artistic choice. Sure. I don't know why. Uh two more years later. Um the guys oh, oh I'm so sorry. Another important thing to point out is Hemp said, Oh, Draymond, you haven't written since the fall of the Berlin Wall. Mm, yes. <laughs> and then we fast forward two more years. Our pal Weisler is on his mail route. Because he's a mailman now. Yes. And he sees this is after the first mailman route where Draymond didn't mm-hmm. talk to him. And he sees Draymond's face in the window of a bookstore. He wrote a book called Sonata for a Good Man. Which is the piano piece he played and caused Weisler to cry. And it was his friend Yasker's gift. Really good. Closing of the loop. Goes in and then finds the copy. Mm-hmm. Reads the dedication. And it is uh, for HGWXX dash, you know, his call sign. Yes. Um, in gratitude. And uh, at that point, you know, we get the. Freeze frame where Weisler's like, uh, you know, no gift bag. It's for me. It's like, oh, what a great last line. So oh, good. I have to say, I did not like the freeze frame. Yeah, it was weird. It's like the ending of The Breakfast Club. Just bam. <laughs> it's a gimmick. Yeah. I also thought the fish lens was a gimmick. And we didn't talk about it, but the woman with the peephole, how she's looking at the... Uh, people who go and bug Draymond's apartment. Mm-hmm. Just who watches the... the Watchmen? Yeah, that felt like a gimmick. Yeah. It... So it was. I mean, stylized shots show that the shot is important, and then she doesn't come up again. Well, she comes up to tie Draymond's tie, and there's dramatic irony that she knows he's been bugged, but she doesn't come up again. Yeah. No. And I guess I I didn't mind the weird camera lenses because it did feel very. Um, what's the word for watching in and voyeuristic? Mm. So it felt unnatural and voyeuristic when it's a private conversation or a private moment, and we're seeing it anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess you're fair; it's on the nose. Like, I didn't see it happen again, and I wonder if that I mean maybe, maybe that means it was more intimate. But they also didn't use the fish islands enough to make it 
a theme. Because something has to be brought up three times to be a theme. I don't know if it was three times. Well, there's one in... Maybe it was a theme. Um, I'm trying to remember. Because it didn't come up a whole lot. But if it did, then it'd be like, what's with all this fucking fish That's eye? That's true. Yeah, there weren't that many stylized shots nearing the end of the movie. At least I didn't feel so. Yeah. That's not true. That's not true. Never mind. Why? Because when Weissler's on his mail route, there's him and then the whole background. So it's just more isolation. Yeah, and that's similar to when he first entered the attic. Yes. And we see the skeleton of the attic and all the beams, and he's just kind of standing in a doorway frame. It's all this architecture and stuff. I also thought about how cool that would be as an apartment. Yeah, that would be really (laughs) cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's fair criticism. Do you have any other, like, pros or cons that we kind of glossed over? Um... No, I guess not really. What would you rate it? You ready to rate? Yeah, I'm going to give this a nine. I'm feeling a nine too. Wow. Okay, so this is a nine, not a ten for the reasons I noted. And also Mm. because you can't have two tens in a row. Yeah, right. Well, we're just going to start giving everything (laughs) ten. Yeah, I'd feel nine. Uh, Really good movie. Yeah, Yeah, super good. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far. Yeah. Lots of podcasts are over an hour. It's fair. I don't know. Once we edit it down, it might not be over an hour. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Thank you for listening. Um, Hopefully we have a website up. Check us out, RookieMovieReviews.com. There might not really be anything on there, but we'd appreciate it. Um, And goodbye. Bye-bye.